Would you turn to two openings we've been looking at uh, this morning and then last night as well. John 3.16 and 1 John chapter 4. John 3, third chapter of John and the 16th verse and 1 John 4. John 3.16, a lot of people have heard this verse, know about it, but uh, if something, if you really do have light and revelation from the word, it's exciting to you. If you hear it and you go, oh yeah, I know that, I've been knowing that for years, well then you don't know it. (laughs) Just because you've logged information in your mind, no, when the reality of it comes to your spirit and you really do see truth, Truth makes you free. It excites you. So if you're not excited about this verse, if you're not excited about the Word and God and what He's doing, then you you need to focus on Him and, and hear with a fresh eye and ear. Everybody said out loud, the Lord, open my eyes. Open my ears. Open my heart. Show me your truth. And of course, what will that truth do for you? Help me out. That that truth make you free. Make you free, free, free. I know I'm freer than I used to be, but I'm not as free as I'm going to be. Why? Because I, uh, the reason I'm freer than I used to be is because I'm walking in light of the Word that I didn't have previously. But I'm not walking in all the light of the Word that there is to walk in, so that means I can be freer than I am now. So let's get freer. John 3.16, what does it say? For God so loved the world, everybody, that he gave his only begotten son. Now, we camped on this this morning. If you weren't with us, uh, let me encourage you, you to get the most out of tonight. It would help you if you've heard what went before. But we, we talked about how God loved us so much, he gave us everything. Romans 8.32 says, if God spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If God was ever going to withhold anything from us, it would have been Jesus. Amen. And if he gave you Jesus, what's a, a healing? Amen. What's a house? Hmm? If you realize what he's given you, then you don't quibble about the will of God in healing you, blessing you, delivering you, because you know uh, he's already made the decision how far he's willing to go for you, how much he's willing to do for you. He proved it without question when he gave us Jesus. God so loved the world, he so loved you and I, That he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him. That's all you got to do. Just believe on him. Believe what the father said about him. Would not perish. But have everlasting life. Verse 17. Verse 17. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. So God is not interested in you being ashamed, guilty, embarrassed. He didn't come that you might be condemned, but that we might be set free. First John, if you'd turn over there, first John the fourth chapter. First John four and sixteen. First John four sixteen says We have known and believed the love that God has to us. The love that God loves us with. We've known it and we believed it. John 17 talks about knowing that God the Father loves us just as he loves Jesus. And the enemy try to bring thoughts to your mind that, you know, you've failed, you've sinned, you've made mistakes. How in the world could it be possible that God would love you just as much as he loves Jesus? 
But the Bible said he does. And it's a choice as to whether we believe it or not. You can hear it. You can know about it. But then again, it's our choice whether we believe it. Does God know you? Does he care about you? How much does he care about you? We're talking about the one who sits on the throne. The almighty who made the heavens and the earth. Does he know you? Does he know your name? Does he care about you? Does he know Jesus? Does he love Jesus, his son? Does he love you just like he loves Jesus who's sitting on the right hand of his throne? Now it takes faith to accept that. But if you'll accept that and believe that, it changes your life. It changes everything. Because faith is how we overcome every trial and test and challenge and how we receive every good thing from God. And that faith works by this love that we've been talking about. When you know how much God loves you, then you're not afraid that it's not going to happen. It's not going to work out. He's not going to come through for you. It says in this very next verse, verse 17, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. And verse 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love, completely developed love casts out Fear. Cast is a strong word. It means to throw it out. I call it the law of displacement. If you drank some milk from a glass and it had a little bit of milk in it, you can get that milk out just by sitting that glass in the sink and turning the faucet on. And as the water comes into the glass, at first it'll be a mixture of water and milk. But if you just keep letting the water run, after a while, it'll be mostly water and not much milk. And if you just keep letting the water run, after a while, it'll only be a slight uh, taint of milk in there and mostly water. You just keep letting the water run, there'll be no more milk in there. It'll just only be water. And if you let the love of God come into you and you believe and let that love come. And when it's fully developed in you, there will be no more fear about you or in you. You won't be afraid of the devil. You won't be afraid of your past. You won't be afraid of people or car wrecks or being mugged or attacked. You won't be afraid of cancer. Come on. You won't be afraid of heart attack. You won't be afraid of a plane crash. You won't be afraid of dying. You won't be afraid of anything. Come on now. Hallelujah. Why? Because you know that you know. And you believe the love that your father has for you. And it comforts you. How can we determine, how can we detect if we're perfected in love, how developed we are in it? Well, it's easy. How much fear is in you? You know another word for fear? Insecurity. Dread. Insecurity. Fear. God did not give us the spirit of fear. But he gave us the spirit of power. What? And what else? Love. And what does that all work towards? A sound, peaceful, stable, not insecure, secure. Stable, sound mind. See, Christians that are all jittery and skittish and spooked and upset half the time or more and walking the floor and biting their nails and pulling their hair and can't sleep and can't eat are not perfected in love. They do not know and believe the love that God has toward them. And all of us have had some fears and insecurities and yielded to them, but we should stop. I said we should stop. And we should meditate on these truths. We ought to get up in the morning thinking about how much God loves us. And talk about it and think about it all morning long. And at lunchtime and all afternoon long and at night. 
Amen. And just preach to each other about how God loves you. Do you know how much God loves you? How much? Tell me how much God loves me. And think about it and talk about it morning, noon, and night until we are perfected in it. We are fully developed in it. And nobody and nothing can get it out of us. Like we talked about this morning, nothing can separate us from that love. Nothing. Nothing. Nobody can shake us on it. We know our Father loves us. We know it. We're totally convinced. And friend, you get like that, you can face anything. You can look anything in the eye with not one bit of fear in you. And when you are fearless, you are a problem for the devil. I'm telling you, he just can't do anything with you because he can't scare you. (laughs) And if he can't scare you, he can't stop you. He can't get you to quit and go hide and stop. You'll just blaze right into anything. You'll just up and obey God. Because you're not afraid. No fear. Somebody say no fear. No fear fear at all. all. Just love. love. What did he say? Perfect love. Completely developed love. Cast out fear. Because fear has torment. And he that fears is not made perfect. He's not fully developed in love. We love him. Verse 19 says. Because he first loved us. I want you to say it out loud. God loves me. Close your eyes. Say it. God loves me. God, my Father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Moses, the God of David, loves me. The God and Father of my Lord Jesus Christ loves me even as He loves Jesus. God loves me. Hallelujah. And if he really does love you and he really loves you like that, what will he not do for you? What will he withhold from you? No good thing. Somebody say, I believe it. Oh, thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Look with me in Mark the ninth chapter. Mark 9. And then let's look in Psalm 27. Mark 9. Psalm 27. In Mark 9. A man brought his son to the disciples who had been having seizures or fits, you might say, who'd about lost his life numerous times by going into a fit and seizure and falling in the fire and almost burned him up, falling to the water and almost drowned. And this man had obviously heard that people had been getting healed and delivered in Jesus' ministry and through his disciples. So he brought his boy to the disciples. And now Jesus had sent out the disciples and told them to go out and to minister healing and and miracles. And they'd been doing this. Great things had been happening through the prayers and, and laying on the hands and ministry of Jesus' disciples. Well, now they brought this man, brought his son to them. And apparently they went through all the things they had been going through and getting being successful with other people. But the boy did not get free. He did not get delivered. He wasn't healed. Now, you know, this is when a lot of uh, doctrines are started. When somebody prays, somebody does something, and it didn't happen, they didn't get free, they didn't get healed, then people uh, have started new doctrines going, well, it must not have been God's will. You know, the Lord must have been working something out through that, and you just never know. But no, Jesus came down from the mount, and if you got your scripture there in Mark 9, he came down from the mount and there was this uproar about what was going on, the, the, the boy and the disciples and him not being healed. And uh, Mark 9, verse 17, Mark 9, 17, one of the multitudes said, Master, I brought unto you my son, which has a dumb spirit. 
And wherever he takes him, he tears him and foams and gnashes with his teeth and pines away. I spoke to your disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. Now, just because a preacher, a minister prayed, or several ministers prayed, or you prayed and fasted and had this one or that one to lay hands on you, and it didn't happen, that doesn't prove it wasn't God's will for it to happen. We don't ascertain the will of God for us by what didn't happen for somebody else. You don't find the will of God out by what didn't happen for somebody. We find the will of God in this book. Irrespective of what did or did not happen for somebody else. Well, somebody didn't receive. Well, all that proves is they didn't receive. It does not prove the will of God. So the disciples, they prayed, they ministered to the boy, and the boy didn't get set free. But Jesus comes back, and the father approaches Jesus and tells him he brought his son, and tells him the disciples couldn't get him set free. And Jesus said, verse 19, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. So we see what one of the problems was, was faithlessness. Yeah, but it was the disciples. Faithlessness. Yeah, but they've been getting results. Yeah, but right now it's faithlessness. Faithlessness, in fact... Uh, other account, when, when they came to the room beside themselves and they asked him, why couldn't we cast him out? One of the writers said, because of your unbelief. That's what he said. So keep reading. He said, uh, when he did, he brought him to him and he went into this fit and this seizure. And, and Jesus asked his father, how long is it ago since this came to him? And of a, he said, of a child. Oft times it's cast into the fire of the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. See, the, man, the father of the boy, he's looking for somebody that's got the power. He's looking for somebody that's got the, the, the healing ministry. He's looking for somebody that's got the faith. And he brought him to... Uh, uh, Peter and, and James and John and, and those guys, and, and they didn't have it. They obviously used to have it because there's miracles that's happened in other towns, but they lost it somewhere or another. <laughs> and so he thinks, well, Jesus is back. Oh, great. I'll get him to do it. And he said, well, I tried to get them to help my boy, and they couldn't help him. But if you can do anything, please, please, please help us. And what did Jesus say? Help me out. Jesus said, huh? If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Do you believe that verse? Do you believe the words of Jesus, the master, the head of the church? Now see, so much of the church is still right where this father was at. Oh, God, if you can. Oh, God, if you will. Oh, God, if, if, if we can find somebody that's got the power, if we can find somebody that's got the faith. And so can you see, he tried to put it all in Jesus' lap, so to speak, and say, if you can do anything. I tried to get your helpers to help my boy. They couldn't. But if you can. But Jesus wouldn't accept that. In other words, he's saying, what do you mean if I can? It's not a matter of if I can It's not up to me. If you. Can you see he turned it right back around. If you. Will believe. All things. Are possible. To him. That believes. We don't receive. According to the will of God. We don't receive. According to the ability of God. We don't receive according to the power of of what God can do. We receive according to our faith. Are y'all with me, saints? See, for millions of people around the planet right now, they're leaving it up to God. Well, it's up to God. Well, that's not what Jesus said. 
quiet. I'm going to stay right here just a moment. (laughs) You believe men's ideas or you believe what Jesus said? So the man said, I tried to get them to help and they couldn't do it. And if you can do anything, please have compassion. Help us. So he's begging and he's leaving it up to Jesus. And Jesus said, no, no, you can't leave it up to me. If you can believe, all things are possible. To, what's he telling him? What's he, is he telling him it's possible for his boy to be healed? Even though other people have prayed and other things, have, they've gone through the motion of a lot of, is he telling him it's still possible for his boy to be completely free and never have any more seizures? Come on, are you listening? Oh, friend, do you believe no matter how long you've been dealing with something, how many times you prayed or somebody else prayed, is it still possible, come on, for you to be healed, for you to be delivered, for you to be made whole? Is it still possible? Yes. Is it possible to everybody? No. (laughs) No. It's only possible to those who believe. (laughs) Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. I believe when he said that, those words and the piercing eyes of Jesus just went right through that man and he just hollers out, I believe! I believe! Then he paused and said, help my unbelief. And here is a wonderful revelation. Have you read the rest of this story? I said, have you read the rest of this story? What happened? Did the boy get healed? Did the boy get delivered? And yet his dad was dealing with some stuff, wasn't he? See, the devil will quote scripture to people that don't understand it. And he'll say, oh, if you've got any kind of a thought in your mind that it might not happen or this and that, you know, you're wavering. And don't let that man think he'll receive anything of the Lord. And if you listen to him, he'll convince you that if a thought crossed your mind that it might not work, then you absolutely can't get a miracle. It's a lie. I said, it's a lie. I heard Brother Hagin say this one time, boy, bless me, blesses me to this day. He said, talking about this, this scripture and others, he said, obviously, faith will work in your heart with thoughts of doubt in your mind. Is that good news or is that good news? Faith will work in your heart even if you're dealing with some thoughts of doubt in your head. That's some of the best news I've heard. And there's no question about it. Something was going on in this man. He said, I believe. Help my unbelief. And a few verses later, his boy is healed. I said, his boy is healed. So obviously, faith will work in your heart, even if you're dealing with some thoughts in your head, because you don't believe God with your head. You believe God with your heart. For with the heart, man believes. And even if some thoughts and feelings come through, you can grab them and say, no, 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 I don't believe that. This is what I believe. This is what I believe. It's a choice. It's just a choice. And if you will choose to believe, tell me what's possible. Tell me what can happen for you. All things. What a wonderful word. What a wonderful word then it doesn't matter what anybody told you couldn't happen. Well, yeah, but you're too far gone and and your money's too messed up and and your marriage is too messed up. All things. All things. Is it possible for you to be free from your past? Is it possible for you to go on and serve God and for him to use you as though you had never messed up and made mistakes? Is it possible? All things. All things. Is it possible even though you and your spouse and your kids have fought and cussed and kicked and broke furniture and acted like heathen? Is it possible that you could forgive each other and receive forgiveness and love each other and be restored in your relationships and your home be a piece of heaven on earth? Is it possible? 
Is it possible? It's possible. It's possible. Is it possible that even though you have charged all your credit cards and acted a fool and went and shopped when you shouldn't have and just done stupid, stupid stuff, is it possible God would have mercy on you and help you pay off all your debts and catch everything up and bring you into the best financial shape you have ever been in in your life and have a good place to live, a good car to drive, good clothes to wear, and everything paid for and be able to give to the work of God like you have never given before? Is it, is it possible? Who's it possible to? Those that believe. Is it possible, though you may have been pronounced incurable, though you may have been pronounced terminal, is it possible for God to heal your body, heal your body, change your organs, change your glands, change your joints, change your blood? Is it possible for you to be healed? So that in a few days or a few weeks you look back and all the stuff you went through seems like a bad dream that happened to somebody else. Because you are so healed and you feel so good and you can do anything that you want to do and need to do. Is it possible? It's possible. All things are possible to him that believes. Do you believe, my brother sister? Do you believe? Somebody tell me I believe. Say, I, I believe. I believe. I believe. All things are possible to him or her that believes. Who said it? Who said it? Red letters. Jesus, the head of the church, said it, and I believe it. I believe it. So it's possible. It's possible. Go to Psalm 27. Mm-mm-mm. I feel like preaching a little bit tonight. I think I'm going to help myself. <laughs> Psalm 27. Now there is a, a saying that you just hear all over the place that is completely incorrect. And you see the correct thing here. Have you ever heard somebody say seeing is believing? Well, seeing is believing. Seeing is believing. And you hear people say, well, now, you know, when it comes to that healing stuff and that miracle stuff, you know, I just don't know about all that. I guess if if I could see a miracle, maybe I'd believe. No, seeing miracles will not give you faith. You can see a great miracle right in front of your eyes and leave doubting. My dad, when he was a boy, he and my grandmother went to a a tent meeting, a well-known healing evangelist. And this particular man of God, this is many years ago, he uh, operated strongly in the word of knowledge. And he he told my grandmother some things about her. She had cancer. And some things about her, and uh, she had a cancer on her hand, and she was holding it behind her because she was conscious, uh, self-conscious about how it looked and everything. And he told her that she, the hand she was holding behind her had cancer, and that God was healing her right then. And she was healed, and I knew, of course, I, I wasn't even born at that time, but uh, I got to know her for many years, and, and she that never came back on her. And my dad was a sickly kid, and God healed him. And he said standing right beside him was a woman that had this huge goiter growth on her neck. I mean, it protruded, he said, way out to the side. He stand, little boy, standing right beside her, looking up at her. And he said, when the man of God got to her and spoke to that thing and commanded it to die and drop, he said he saw it right in front of his eyes. Just went down, went down, went down until her her skin was just flat on the side of her neck. He saw it right in front of his eyes. Is that possible? I mean, do you read about miracles in the Bible? And he said on the way out. He heard some men at the door saying, what do you think about that? And the guy said, oh, they had that framed up somewhere or another. He said, I, 
I, you know, I don't know what that was. But they, are, they saw a miracle and they went away doubting. You don't, seeing a miracle doesn't in and of itself give you faith. You know, Jesus came to the disciples walking on the water. You read about it? Walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him, did it say they were filled with faith? Huh? No. They're looking at a miracle. Is it giving them faith? No. They were filled with fear and and cried out, it's a ghost. (laughs) He said, no, it's me. He had to calm them down. Seeing miracles doesn't give you faith. And seeing is believing is absolutely not true. Not true. And it's not the way things work. People say, well, if God had shown me something, I'd believe. Now, this is the way it works. Psalm 27, 13. What did he say? I had fainted unless what? Unless what? Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Hallelujah. I'd have fainted. Fainting's not good. Fainting's giving up, being overcome, quitting, failing. But he didn't faint because he did what? Believed to see. Everybody say believe to see. Seeing is believing. See and then believe. No, no. Believe to see. Believe to see. I am believing right now to see some things in this place tonight. I'm already in faith. I came here in faith believing to see. The Lord's not going to have to show me some things to get me to believe. I believe right now. I'm believing right now. And I'm believing to see some things here tonight. Oh, you're not excited enough for it to suit me. I'm believing to see some good things. Goodness of the Lord. But what if it's not His will? He's a good God. He's always wanting to do something good. I don't need a special revelation or an angel to tell me that. He's a good God every day, every night. He's good right here, right now. He wants to do something good. I know it. So what's lacking, what's missing? He needs somebody to believe him. To believe to see. Why don't you just say it out loud? I'm believing to see. The goodness of the Lord. What does in the land of the living mean? That's here and now. That's right here. That's right now. I'm believing to see. Go to John 11. John chapter 11. Thanks be unto God. Gives us the victory. He always causes us to win. Causes us to triumph. And overcome. John, the 11th chapter, Jesus was good friends with Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha. You read about it? They must have been good cooks, too, because he came over there frequently and ate. (laughs) And he loved them, and they're good friends, and Lazarus got sick. He got down sick, and and so they sent word, Jesus, come, come. Uh, Lazarus, your friend, your buddy, the one you love, he's sick, he's down, he needs your help. But Jesus, by the direction of the Spirit, did not go. And he uh, stayed where he was for days. And then word came, he it's too late. The Spirit of God prompted him. But then he goes. And uh, when he gets to the area, Lazarus is already dead and buried. But his, his sister comes out to meet him. And she says, Lord, if you'd have been here, 
My brother wouldn't have died. So you can tell she's, she's feeling let down over this, isn't she? In other words, where were you? We called you. We sent for you. And they had confidence if you'd have come, because they'd seen his ministry. They'd seen miracles and healings. If you'd have come, my brother wouldn't have died. And notice what Jesus told her in John 11. He said to her, uh, said to them in verse 39, take away the stone. And Martha said, Lord, uh, he's thinking by now he's been dead four days. Verse 40. Everybody got verse 40? Are you there? Verse 40. Is Jesus talking here in verse 40? He said to her, said I not unto you that if you would believe, you should see the glory of God. What Jesus tell her? He tell her seeing is believing? Uh-uh. He tell her he's going to show her something and then she can believe? No. How's it work? He said, didn't I tell you that if you would believe, then you would see something? What comes first, seeing or believing? Believing, I'd have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord, not just in the sweet by and by, in the land of the living, right down here, right now. Come on, saints, are you believing to see something good happen here and now? That's when you see something, after you believe. He said, didn't I tell you? Come on, get the picture now. They're standing in front of the grave. The brother's been dead for days. She's hurt. They're grieving. They've been crying their eyes out for days. He looks at her. He said, didn't I tell you? If you will believe, you will see the glory of God. If you will believe, you will see The glory of God. If you will believe. You will see. The glory of God. If you will believe. You will see. The glory. Of God. Oh hallelujah. 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 And she must have believed because she ran over there and they got to moving that stone. They got to moving it out of the way. Somebody say glory to God. And you know the rest of the story that he spoke and said Lazarus come forth. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? He came forth even though he was cold and dead and buried, he come a-hopping out of there in those grave clothes wrapped up, and the Lord said, loose him and let him go. Next thing you know, they were all sitting at the table eating some of Martha's famous chicken and dumplings, and Lazarus was sitting right there laughing, saying, give me another biscuit, Jesus. Now see, your head and and people who claim to be experts say impossible, impossible, impossible. But with God, with God, nothing is impossible. And to those who will believe, nothing is impossible. All things are possible to him that believes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let me just read them to you. Gen- you don't turn there, but Genesis 18:14. You know when uh, Abraham and Sarah were looking at the prospect of them having a child at age 99 and 90, and the Lord said, "Is anything too hard for the Lord?" He said, at the time appointed, I'm going to return, and Sarah's going to have a son. In Jeremiah 32, 17, Jeremiah 32, 17, he says, Ah, Lord God, you have made the heaven and the earth by your great power and by your stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for you. 
Verse 27, he said, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Do you know the answer to that question? No, no, no. Mary, when the angel came and told her that the uh, power of the highest was going to overshadow her and, and she was going to conceive, you know, Jesus. And, and <clears throat> uh, the scripture said in verse 37, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. The Amplified says, for with God, uh, nothing is ever impossible and no word of God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Come on, saints. Now, we're, we're not just here to be entertained tonight. We're not just here to hear something and take some notes and have some thoughts and be skeptical and reason. You got a job to do tonight. I got a job to do. Amen. That job is believe God. Amen. Believe to see. Yes. Believe to see the goodness of the Lord in this place. Right here on a Friday night in Miami to see God do something good right here, right now. Now the Lord has used me used in this ministry of healing and miracles for years in different places and different times. So even though we're in the middle of the service right now, I am absolutely convinced that good things are going to happen before the service is over. I, I've been here before. I've seen it. God is faithful. One of the first times that the Lord ever ministered to me along this line and used me was in healing school back in the early 80s, Brother Hagin's ministry. We, we taught on healing and taught about faith and believing to receive. And, and we were, the Lord had been ministering to me about miracles. Now, healings and miracles go together, but they're not exactly the same. A healing is a recovery uh, from a diseased or broken, sick condition, a restoration. And, uh, you know, the Bible talks in Jesus' ministry, there were recoveries. The Bible talks about the nobleman's son began to amend. So everything didn't just happen instantaneously. He started to get better and got better and better and better and, and was healed. And uh, thank God for that. But then also there are things that uh, happen just in a moment of time. It's a healing, but it's a miracle of healing. And then there are miracles that are not healings, but they're miracles. I mean, if there was a part missing and God put the part in in a moment of time, well, you didn't get healed. You got new parts. There wasn't anything, there wasn't anything there to heal. It was gone. He put it in. Can he do it? Yes. Did he make the heavens and the earth? Yes. Did he make you? Yes. Well, why couldn't he do this? Yes. He can. Yes. He can. Miracles. You know, if anybody ever tells you they don't believe in healing, you need to understand there's no such thing as an intelligent person who doesn't believe in healing. <laughs> what do you mean, Brother Keith? Well, just ask them, you know. Did you ever cut yourself? Did you ever scrape your knee, your elbow? And they may say, oh, yeah, back when I was a kid, you know, I was coming down this big hill on my bike and boom. And, I, boy, I scratched my knee. I opened up my elbow. Well, let me see it. Oh, no. That's a long time ago. It's healed. It's what? It's what? I thought you don't believe in healing. Oh, that's different. It's not different. It's not different. God created Adam. He created Eve. Everybody who's ever come from him, and he did an amazing thing. He created our bodies with an immune system and with healing right in it. So if you cut yourself or you scrape your knee or you break a bone, your body goes to work immediately fixing it. Fixing it. The blood cells and, and everything just converge to heal that up. That healing came from God. The healing that's in every human body on the planet came from God. Now here's the amazing thing. Where that healing came from, there's more. Now the healing power that God put in your body from birth would cause you to recover and heal up from most things in a 
certain amount of time. But where that healing came from, there's more. God can crank up the healing power from what he, the basic healing power he put in you. He can turn it up times two, times five, times ten, times a hundred, times a thousand. And when you get some of this kind of healing power going on, that's how things are changed in three seconds. Because there's so much healing power at work until it's just fixed in a moment of time. It's the same thing that heals your scraped knee. It's just more of it. So the Lord was ministering to me about this. And we're in a healing uh, service in the afternoon. And the Lord dealt with me. Stand up right here. Because a lot of times we'd lay hands on people. And that's scriptural. But he said don't do that today. Stand up and ask me to do miracles in your midst. Right here, right now. And then stand there and believe me. Believe to see them. Just stand there and believe to see them. So man, we sang a little bit. And I stood up. And we led everybody in a prayer. And we said, Lord, we ask you. How many know this is scriptural? In the book of Acts, they prayed as a congregation together corporately. They said, Lord... Stretch forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders would be wrought and done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. And if you read the next chapter or two, you see that people got healed by Peter's shadow falling over them. You see amazing things. That's an answer to that prayer. That's an answer to that prayer. God did what they asked him to do. So this was somewhat new to me. I believed in healing and miracles, but I hadn't had a lot of experience. And so I stood up, had everybody stand up, and we all released our faith. And we said, God, we're asking you to do miracles right here and right now. So we just stood there and believed him and praised him and believed him and praised him and believed him and praised him. And things began to happen. Something happened over here. Something happened over there. Something happened over here. Something happened over there. After the service, a fellow came up, he and his wife. He looked a little sheepish and she punched him. She said, tell him what happened. (laughs) I, I, I didn't know this, but I found out later he didn't want to be there. She had been bugging him. She was a partner of Brother Hagin's. And she had been wanting to go to the campus and wanting to go to the school and healing center for years. And he wouldn't take her. He didn't go to church with her. And she came upon this, that there was some good lakes and fishing around the area, and he really liked to fish. And she said, well, I tell you what, you just take me up there, and you can go fish. He said, well, now, that's different. I'll do that. <laughs> but then once they got there, she began to just plead with him, come to one service. Just come to one And she was having a good time and getting good things. She said, you need to come. You Come to one service. Well, the particular day he came, the preacher went long. And he would just fit to be tied. After the service, he was mad. He was upset. We had the miracle prayer. But he was mad, and he just a fussing and hurt, cussing and carrying on, going, don't you ever ask me to come back. You know, I sit through that for that long and all this kind of stuff. And they got in the car, and they're he just carrying on, just being ugly. And he had this growth that had been on the back of his, just right below his neck for years. And he'd gotten a habit, it'd bother him. Sometimes he'd gotten a habit of reaching back there and rubbing it. And he reached back there to rub it. (laughs) And he said, put your hand back there. She put her hand back on his neck. She said, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. It's gone, it's gone. He said, oh, and he got the rear view mirror and he kind of cranked it around, tried to see where he could see. And even though he said he wouldn't come back, there he was standing at the front of the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That happened in a moment of time. God, you believe God can do that? I've seen it. I've seen all manner of, I've seen him put bones together in a moment. I've seen him open ears, open eyes, 
Do you believe he can do it, saints? Have you read in the scripture that these kind of things have happened? Is Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever? He hasn't changed. He hasn't lost his power. He hasn't started doing something different. And he doesn't love us any less than he loved those people that he did these things for. Somebody say, he loves me. me. Well, if he loves you, he wants you healed. If he cares about you, he wants you free. He does not, do not believe that he wants you to struggle with these things for a while longer for any reason. Every disease has been laid on Jesus. And by his stripes, you were healed. It is not the will of God for you and me to be sick and broke and hurting. And the power of God is more than enough, more than enough. Somebody say, more than enough. His power is more than enough to heal us and to deliver us. Can you say glory to God? Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Jesus told her, he said, didn't I tell you that if you would believe, you would see The glory of God. You would see the glory of God. Let me ask you some questions here. See if I I got a believing bunch with me tonight. (laughs) You can tell me already, huh? Do you believe that everything that we can see and feel was created from things unseen? You believe that? Do you believe, we were just talking about it a few moments ago, you believe a 99-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman conceived and had a baby that they named Laughter? You believe that? You believe that a fire engulfed a bush and just burned but didn't burn up the bush and never hurt the bush? Do you believe that? You believe that? You believe that Moses' rod turned into a snake and then he picked it back up and it turned into a rod? You believe an entire nation of people crossed over in the midst of the Red Sea on dry ground? Do you believe it? You believe it? You believe that they wandered around out there for 40 years but their clothes didn't wear out and their shoes didn't wear out? You believe it? Do you believe in miracles? You believe in a God who can do things you can't explain? Hallelujah. Do you believe that while they were out there every day, bread, manna they called it, fell out of the sky and fed them? And that God caused water to gush out of a rock enough to quench everybody's thirst and water all their camels and their cows out of a rock? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Yes. I think I'm in the right place. (laughs) Do you believe that they took Aaron's rod and they laid it up before the Lord and the next day it had leaves and almonds on it and it had no top and no bottom? You believe that? You believe that the people of God marched up to some of the biggest walls around a city in the known world, and while they shouted, those walls came down flat. And they just went right in and took the city. Do you believe that happened? Somebody say, I believe. believe. You believe Joshua stood out there in the middle of a battle and said, Son, stand still. And they had a whole extra day of daylight. Do you believe that happened? If God could do that, why couldn't he heal your heart? Why couldn't he fix your kidneys? Why? If he can do that. Well, if he wanted to. He loves you. He loves you. And it's not a matter of if he wants to. What did Jesus tell the man when he said, if you can do anything? What did he tell him? If you will believe. All things are possible to him that believes. Do you believe That the man of God stayed out by the creek when a drought was all through the land and ravens brought him food. Birds flew him in food every morning and every evening. Here it came. 
Here it came. You believe that? You believe that the woman who owed the debt took a little bitty pot and filled a bunch of great big pots full of oil and they had so much money they paid off the debt and had plenty to live off. How can you fill up a big pot with a little pot? You got to believe in miracles. You got to believe in a God. I mean, if God can create the heavens and earth and what a pot is made out of and what oil is made of, I reckon he can multiply. Do you believe that the man of God was out with another man and he's chopping and his axe head fell in the water and he said, oh, man of God, it was borrowed. And he took a stick and he threw it in and an iron axe head come a swimming up to the top. And the man must have been in shock because the man of God said, well, reach in there and get it. Pick it up. Can a metal axe head swim up to the top? If you believe the Bible, it did. It did. Do you believe in miracles? You believe a man who was leprous and condemned to die with an incurable terminal disease went down in the river and dipped down and dipped down and dipped down. And when he come back up, his skin was clean like a baby's. Do you believe it? Well, then why couldn't God clear you up? Hmm? Why wouldn't he? Oh, thank you, Lord. Can you take another couple of these? You believe a man can stay all night in a den with hungry lions and not even get snapped at? Do you believe men can be thrown into a red hot burning fiery furnace and not be burned and not even have the smell of smoke on them when they came out? Mm -mm. you must believe in God you must believe in the God of miracles you must believe do you believe (laughs) that thousands of people can eat and get their belly full and have 12 baskets left over from a little boy's lunch you believe that These people over here, you believe that? In the back, you believe that? You believe that plain water drawn out of a well can instantly turn into fine wine. Did it happen? You believe that a man walked on the water. Huh? Walked on the water. You believe it? How's that possible? What about the laws of physics? What about the density of water versus the density of the ground? What about gravity? What about? What about? People say it's impossible. Impossible. Well, you tell me how to create gravity, and I might listen to you tell me how it won't work. But if somebody creates gravity and created water, well, I reckon they could cause a man to be able to walk. On the water in spite of gravity. Do you believe that a man went and cast a hook and got a fish and it had a bunch of money in his mouth and he paid all his taxes with? You believe you believe that? And the Lord told him where to go get the fish, where to cast his line. Just go right over there and throw your line in. Plenty of money. Then the Lord could get money to you to pay off your bills. Couldn't he? You believe a man had his ear cut smooth off? And Jesus picked that ear up and put it back on his head? And it didn't fall off? It was perfect? Like it had never been cut off? You believe that? Do you believe a man was born and conceived in a virgin? Without a human father, a perfect man who walked on this earth and showed us how to live and how to pray and how to have faith and how to believe. Do you believe that he died and was dead but has been raised from the dead 
Come on now, do you believe it? And do you believe that he was caught up in glory? Hallelujah. And he was caught up in the clouds. And do you believe that soon and very soon he's coming back? He's coming back at the trumpet sound. And we're going to be caught up together to meet him in the air. And so will we ever be with the Lord? I believe it. You believe it? I believe it. If you believe that, then you'll believe that the dumb can talk and the deaf can hear again and the lame can walk and the blind can see. Come on. Then you'll believe that nothing's too hard for the Lord. Nothing is impossible to them that believe. Stand up on your feet, everybody. Stand up on your feet. Oh, thank you, Lord. Just begin to focus on him. Don't look at me. Begin to put your eyes on the Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. Oh, come on, focus on Jesus. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. Lord, we worship you. We focus on you. Our eyes are on you. Oh, thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.